For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new, and all these things are from God who has reconciled us to himself, and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, when we are captured by the message of the cross, when we are captured by the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ, when we are captured by the good news that God sent Jesus to die for sinners like you and me on a cross, and when we, by faith, trust his sacrifice as payment for our sin, his death in our place, when we trust him, Jesus, to be our Savior, then he changes us from the inside out. We become brand new. We have a new way of living. We have a new way of thinking. And we have a new way of talking. And that's what we're going to look at today. A new way of talking. You see, uh, today, some of you are, follower, uh, are, are not yet followers of Jesus. So what I'm going to talk about doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, it does. It's nice little words and phrases. Uh, it's nice little uh, wisdom statements. And it might help in some conversations, but there's no power behind it. But for those who are followers of Jesus today, what I'm about to share, what God shares with us in his word today, changes the way we do life. It changes how we relate to other people. It changes our conversations because we have a heart that's been changed by Jesus, a heart that's been changed and been captured by him. New believers have a new way of living, and we have a new way of speaking. In Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to look at, at what it means to have wise words. And, and, and while you're turning to Proverbs 15, let me ask you if you've heard this little uh, sing-song statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That is a lie. That is just not true. It's true. Sticks and stones may break your bones. But it is not true that words will never hurt me. It's not true. Some of us still today carry the wounds of words shared with us decades ago. We're still overcoming the hurt and the heartache that words, thoughtless words, unkind words, deceitful words, we're still bandaging the wound that those words created in our soul. Words do hurt. As followers of Jesus, what we need to understand is what we say and how we say it matters to God. 
So that our words, as followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, our words should be markedly different in relationships than those who are not followers of Jesus. If, if, you're, if you're working with somebody that's not a follower of Jesus, they will say all kinds of crazy. And they will be all kinds of hurtful. And they will, I mean, it, you know. But if you're working with a follower of Jesus, it shouldn't be that way. It should not be that way. And as a follower of Jesus, you should not be that way. Now, tomorrow when we go to staff meeting, and and we do staff meetings on Mondays. Tomorrow when I go to staff meeting, uh, Mondays are really hard for me. I just want you to know that. They are. They're hard. I'm, 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 I'm tired out, and I'm probably a little stressed out. And so when I go to staff meetings on Monday, they're great for me because I get to express myself. But they're not necessarily a fun time for everybody else in the room. It depends. And so tomorrow when I go to staff meeting, uh, our staff is going to remind me of this, this word from God's word about how we communicate. And they're going to tell me, if they're smart, they will, They're going to tell me, as a follower of Jesus, you're representing the one who has rescued you from sin, death, hell, and the grave. And as one who is representing Jesus, we should use words in a way that's different than someone who doesn't know Jesus. No sideline statements that are kind of under the radar, using to jab and hurt and wound to get our way. No manipulative words that that are passive aggressive or straight up aggressive to try to get our way. No abusive words used to demean or diminish the other. Those things should not be part of our vocabulary as followers of Jesus. Why? Because We're followers of Jesus, and we represent him. Every word from our mouth should represent Jesus well. But every word from my mouth will represent Jesus in some way. Every word that you say, every sentence you put together, every conversation Every interchange that you have with others is a representation of the one who has saved you and given you life. So are we doing that well? It matters. There are people that you encounter, and the only way they're going to know about Jesus is by the words you say and the way you say them. The question is, would they know who Jesus is at all? by the words that we use. Oh, our words matter. And how we use them matters. So we're going to try to examine how to have wise words. The goal of our words is found in verse 4. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. We know that there is power in our words, right? We know that there is power. Uh, In uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, not our text, but Proverbs 18, 21. You can write this in the margin. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue, the words we say, has power of death and power of life. James chapter 3, if you want to read another section that talks about the words we say. James chapter 3. 
The scripture says that out of our mouth comes blessing or cursing. All right, I want you to hear this. So our words will either do death or life. Our words will either bless or curse. And right now we're saying, well, isn't there some neutral? And the answer is no. Nothing neutral. The words you say to your husband, death or life, blessing or cursing. The words you say to your wife, death or life, blessing or cursing. The words you say to your children, death or life, blessing or cursing. The words we say to our boss or to those who work with us or those who work for us or to our neighbors or to the checkout clerk or, or, or to the driver that is not driving the way we want them to drive and I don't understand why they won't let me control their driving habits. Death or life, blessing or cursing. Now God's goal is for us to give life with our words. Look, Proverbs 15 verse 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Crookedness in it breaks the spirit. Uh, in, in verse 4, he, he, the, God is pointing us to this simple principle that God's design for our words is to pave a pathway that gives life to those we're talking to. Now, I want you to hear that again. The, the God's goal for every word that comes out of my mouth is to pave a pathway of life. That's found in connection with Jesus through faith in him, uh, found in the embrace of God's love and his mercy and his truth and his kindness. But every word that proceeds out of my mouth, the purpose of it is healing and help and wholesomeness that paves the way to a tree of life, life itself. And life is what Jesus uh, came and died on a cross to give us. He came and he died to give us life. And that kind of life is not half-hearted, but it's abundant and full and satisfying. And as those who have received that abundant life, the words that we are to share is supposed to be a reflection of that abundant life. You might say, well, okay, okay, okay. Now, anytime I talk about Jesus, I'm going to talk about, you know, that. I'm going I'm to point people to Jesus. When I talk about Jesus, I'm going to help them understand Jesus is the way to experience uh, life and truth. And, and, and now I applaud that. That's great. But what about when you're not talking about Jesus? Are you still pointing to him and representing him in a way that pleases him? Because that's life-giving too. Oh, this meddles in my life, and it meddles in your life. But friends, if we, if we have been transformed by God's grace through faith in Jesus, if that's who you are, if that's who I am, then our hearts have been transformed by Jesus. He has captured our hearts. And if he's captured our hearts, then he's captured our mouths so that our words reflect a heart that's been captured by him. Do your words reflect a heart that's been captured by Jesus? Does what we say reflect 
a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things become new. And you might say, well, uh, Eric, you don't understand how hard it is. You don't know where I work. You don't know the challenges, the stressors, the anxieties that I feel. And you're right, I don't. But here's what I do know. I know that if you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away, all things become new. Not only are you a new creation, but God has poured his Holy Spirit within you so that you have all the resource you need in order to have words that lead others to life. You have God himself taking up residence in you. His Holy Spirit has made you the very temple of God so that you got the juice, you got the power, you got the ability through God's grace to say no to sin and yes to life and to tame your words to reflect a heart that's been captured by Jesus. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Are your words wholesome? And do they produce life in others? If your words aren't wholesome, stop it. If they don't produce life in others, stop it. And the Holy Spirit of God will help you. The big picture of Proverbs 15 and the the message today is that when wisdom shapes our words, then we'll please God and we'll bless others. Wisdom being the fear of the Lord. Wisdom, in Proverbs 15, verse 33, it says that uh, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Uh, it teaches us wisdom. It, it helps us understand wisdom. We know that wisdom, uh, the, the key that unlocks the door to wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That's Proverbs 1. So what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is where God has captured my heart. He captures not only what, I, uh, what, what my belief system is, he captures how I live my life. It means that I want to live as a faithful ambassador for Christ every day. It means that I want to adjust my ambitions, my desires, my words so that my ambitions, my desires, and my words honor him, are submitted to him. So how does that work? Well, again, it demands a transformed heart. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Luke 6, 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what does that mean? It means that what you say comes from your heart. So whoever has captured your heart is going to produce the words out your mouth. So when my words are filled with nastiness, they're filled with a critical spirit, They're filled with bitterness. They're filled with anger. Please understand, that is not from a heart that's been captured by Jesus. You may have been made a new creation, but you are giving ownership of your heart to yourself and not to Jesus. 
today I want us to kind of take this journey where if our heart's right, our words will be right. If our heart is captured by Jesus, our words will be wise and give life. You want to improve your marriage. Hey, let's start now. You want to improve your relationships at work? This is where you can begin. More importantly, you want to represent Jesus well at work and at home, in your neighborhood. Here's where we start. See, out of our heart, our words flow. So if you just take that as the measure, are your words a reflection of a heart that is controlled, captured by Jesus, that represent him well, or something else? And, and please know, and I want you all to look this way, I understand. I've already confessed about Monday, and you all are going to hold me accountable. You all going to say, how did you do in staff meeting? You all going to ask other staff, how did he do in staff meeting? I welcome it. I want to receive that correction. Will you do the same? If you're a follower of Jesus, he's made you a new creation in Christ. You want to be a faithful ambassador for him. So let's let the Spirit of God correct us in our words because they're a reflection of our heart. In Proverbs 15, God tells us what wise words look like. And these are words that are shaped by wisdom. These are words that are shaped by the fear of the Lord. These are the words that need to uh, be a reflection in our conversations every day. All right? And, and it's just a highlight. It's not everything, uh, but it, it's important stuff. Um, you know, thinking about the things we say to one another. Have you all heard the, the, the acrostic uh, before you speak, think, T-H-I-N-K. Before you speak, think. Have you all heard this? So the acrostic is on the word think. Before you speak, think. And here's what you're supposed to think. First, uh, is what I'm about to say true? That's the T. Is what I'm about to say helpful? That's the H. Is what I'm about to say inspiring? That's the I. Is what I'm about to say necessary? That's the end. And is what I'm about to say kind? And if it doesn't meet those criteria, don't say it. Think before you speak. Now, I like that, and I'm giving that to you because I think it's a great help, and it fits nicely into what we learned from God's Word today. But please understand, God's Word is more powerful than any acrostic that we can come up with. And so when we look at what wise words look like, we need to see what God says. In verse 1, he tells us what wise words look like. He says, a soft answer, that's words, soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Go down to verse 18. He says, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays or softens contention or uh, smooths out contention. So in verse 1 and verse 18, he tells us that wise words are soothing words. How many of y'all have ever had a sunburn? Sunburn? Some of y'all have never had a sunburn? That's impressive. 
I am a fair-skinned and a fair-minded individual. And when I go into the sun, I burn. And, and I never tan, I burn and I peel. I burn and I peel. That's who I am. And so I know what it's like to have a big, bad burn on my body. And one of the great, great gifts of God for sunburns is aloe vera. Wise words are to strife, stress, what aloe vera is to a sunburn. Instead of ramping it up with harsh words, instead of ramping up the contention, the strife, the conflict, the stress, with a deluge of our own opinion, wise words are soothing words that reflect the heart and the mind of Jesus with a calm confidence in God's sovereign purposes. It's soothing words. It's calming words. It's truth wrapped in confidence in a God who has loved us so much that he'll take care of us. It's calm, confident words. This is hard for me. I don't always have a harsh answer, but I also I, I, I will regularly have an excitable answer. But in the face of strife and stress, wise words are soothing words, pointing us to the God who loves us. Wise words are soothing words. Look at verse 2. Uh, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. That phrase, uses rightly, is uh, one word in the Hebrew, and it, it means makes beautiful or adorns, okay? So, uh, the tongue of the wise makes beautiful knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours forth uh, foolishness. It goes on in verse uh, 28, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. So what's he saying here? Wise words are comforting words. They're soothing words. Like uh, aloe to a sunburn uh, are wise words to a stressful situation. Uh, verse 2 and verse 28, he's saying wise words are kind and thoughtful words. To make beautiful knowledge, that's verse 2. He says, wise words adorn knowledge or uh, study how to use knowledge rightly. The picture there is for me to wrap the truth in words that are um, intentionally kind, inspiring, helpful, but the truth of God. Okay? Even the hard truths of God, wrapping them in uh, 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 the love of God that he's poured into our hearts through Christ. It's not just going off at the mouth. It's actually thinking through, how can I say this in such a way to make the way God does life more beautiful? Verse 28, the picture is, how many of y'all remember the saying, and I'm all into sayings now but uh, today, but y'all have heard the saying, measure twice, cut once. Y'all know that? It, it, I, I know the saying. I don't follow it, but I know the saying. Measure twice, cut once. In verse 28, uh, our, our words are thoughtful and kind. It, it's thoughtful 
in that we think twice and we speak once. You want to think twice about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it before you say anything. You want to be able to say it in such a way that, that the person who receives the word that you share receives life-giving words. Uh, you want to share it, even the hard truths, even when I tell you you're wrong, I want to be able to say it in such a way that you can receive that. Thoughtful and kind. Wise words are soothing words. By the way, if you're married, go home and ask your wife or your husband, do I use soothing words? My wife would just laugh. Are my words thoughtful and kind? And by the way, this isn't an occasional thing. This is every words we use. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's not, we don't get a pass just because we had a long day. We want to take every thought and every word captive for the glory of God. Okay? So we need to work hard at having wise words. They're, they need to be uh, a, a soft answer turns away wrath. They need to be uh, soothing words or comforting words. They need to be thoughtful words, kind words. Uh, go down to verse 23. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. Now, not only are words kind and thoughtful, wise words are timely. Um, suppose, for instance, and this has never happened in my home, but suppose, for instance, one of my four daughters comes home and, and uh, they've been dating a boy and this boy has broken their heart and, 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 uh, and, and uh, Edie and I, we, we had warned our daughter that this boy has the potential to break her heart and he's a jerk face and jerk face and a jerk face and... And, and we've talked about that. We've gone through that journey, and we've tried to help our daughter understand that this is not the person that's for you, and blah, 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 and yakety, 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 yakety. Now, finally, my daughter comes in, and she's, you know, just crushed and, and just, you know, tears all over the place, just dripping and ugly crying and everything. And, 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 and he broke up with me, and, and, and heart's broken. Um, and can I tell you, that wise words does not say, I told you so. <laughs> That's not wise words. It may be true. There'll be a day, there'll be a time later after the ugly crying, there'll be a time when you can have a conversation and say, now, honey, I want you to understand that God has a perfect person just for you, that God has designed you in a particular way, and he doesn't have these jerk faces coming around so that you can uh, waste your time. But he has some, I don't mean it that way, but you know what I'm saying. God has someone just for you, and you need to submit yourself to him and trust his timing, et cetera, et cetera. There'll be a time for that conversation. But that is not when it's fresh like that. Wise words are timely words. A word spoken in due season, how good it is. Don't ruin the truth of wisdom because you had bad timing in sharing it. Okay? So we, we have wisdom that is timely. Wise words, they're thoughtful and kind. Wise words are soothing. Wise words are timely. And if you look down in verse 26, we see that wise words are gracious or pleasant. 
Verse 26, um, God says, the thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant. Um, Literally, the words of the pure are pure. That's literally what it says. Two different words for pure. Uh, The words of the pure, let's deal with that. What are those words? Those are the words of the person who is committed to righteousness. That's the person whose heart has been captured by Christ. Uh, That is a person who is living, wanting to represent their king well, wanting to be a faithful ambassador. That's the pure, the pure who has been made right with God, fit for God's family through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And through his resurrection from the dead, I am now part of God's family. So I am positionally pure. Now I am living according to the new way of life that I have as a follower of Jesus. That's the pure one. The words of the pure are pleasant or pure. Now what's that second, pleasant or pure? It's a picture of graciousness. It's a picture of of, uh, kindness and beauty. You know what it is? It's a picture of what God has done for you in the person of Jesus Christ. In spite of all your sinfulness, he said, you know what? I am going to bless Eric. Sinner separated from God, I'm going to bless Eric. I'm going to send Jesus to die in his place upon a cross. I'm going to give him new life. I'm going to be kind to him when he really doesn't deserve it. I'm going to be pleasant to him. Do you know our words need to reflect the very heart of God's grace to others. Wise words reflect a heart that's been captured by Christ. When our hearts are captured by Christ, our words will be soothing. When our hearts are captured by Christ, our words will be kind and thoughtful. When our hearts are captured by Christ, our words will be timely. When our hearts uh, have been captured by Christ, our words will be gracious So isn't it about time for us as followers of Jesus to represent our king well and determine, begin now, I determine I'm going to have my heart captured by Jesus in the details of my day, in the conversations I have. I'm going to have a heart that is captured by Jesus. Not by by my emotions, not by my ambitions, but by Jesus Christ, my king. So how can we today begin this journey of having wise words with a heart that's been captured by Christ? And it's an every day, and it's an all the time, and it's a continual thing. It doesn't stop. It's it's a journey of sanctification, being made more like Jesus. But friends, it's got to begin right now. How can I have wise words with my wife, with my husband, with my children, with my parents, with my neighbors, with my friends, with my coworkers, how can I have wise words so that I fulfill the purpose and point them to life? Well, the first thing you got to do is you got to accept the course correction that God gives right now. You got to accept the course correction. Don't make excuses for your bad words. Okay? Don't do it. Don't don't make excuses for it. Don't say, well, you know, I'm particularly stressed out today or I'm particularly upset or I'm particularly oppressed or I'm a pick. Don't. The responsibility to have wise words is on you. And you've got the Holy Spirit of God residing within you to give you all the resource you need to have wise words so that they're soothing and they're thoughtful and they're kind, so that they're timely, so that they're gracious. 
Will you accept the course correction today? And then secondly, will you embrace the righteousness? Righteousness, you see it in verse 6, righteousness is portrayed there. And and when we live uh, according to righteousness, we have an overflowing level of blessing, treasure. Righteousness is living life God's way, which sounds a lot like wisdom, which is living life God's way, which sounds a lot like fear of the Lord, which is living life God's way. Yeah, they're all kind of the same. Because I have been rescued by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, I am made righteous in the sight of God. Isn't that good news? But as one who has been made righteous in the sight of God, I've got to do right by God. I've got to live like one who's been transformed by God's grace. To live like one who's been transformed by God's grace means that I've got to embrace his way of life as my way of life. It's what Paul was writing, getting at in Romans 6 where he says, don't let sin have dominion over you. He said, reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's embracing righteousness. It's where I determined that I'm going to live according to what God says. I'm going to speak according to what God says. I'm going to conversate. I'm going to liaise. I'm going to, I, every relationship I have is going to be soaked in words of life that bring help and healing and hope and rescue. The question is, will you embrace righteousness today? Uh, James uh, 3, James talks about wisdom. In James chapter 4, he tells us how we can make sure that we have words that are wise and a life that is marked by wisdom. James chapter 4, verse 5, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Guys, with a heart that is submitted to Christ, humble before Christ, captured by Christ, will you accept the course correction he provides? Will you embrace the righteousness he requires and use the words that give life? When wisdom shapes our words, we please God and we bless others.